Welcome to the Addiction Reset Podcast, where we share a method to overcome addiction and reset your life. Now, here are your hosts, James Pendleton and Amy Kasky. Welcome back to the Addiction Reset Podcast. I am James Pendleton and here with Amy Kashke and we got a fun conversation that we're going to have today that um, as a lot of you know, uh, the podcast is pretty new and um, it was a conversation that um, Amy's had with her family uh, that we thought would be a good um, podcast that we could do because we think that it's probably necessary conversation that um, will come up or could come up with within your own home and it wasn't necessarily planned but once Amy told me the story which she'll share with you uh, today I thought it was a good thing that we could talk about um, openly on the podcast so take it away Amy tell us what happened when uh, you started this podcast with me and and why we're having the conversation today about it all right. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to just kind of tell you the story and, and the experience of what happened. And then um, James and I will kind of have some conversation about the thoughts that we have. Um, hopefully this will help you if you're addicted to pornography. And even if you are um, don't feel like you're addicted, but you're just listening to this podcast, you just found us. I think it's a good conversation to have um, with your children. So my... Um, my girls are home with me. I have a 18-year-old, a 15-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And our oldest son is now serving a mission. And as we've indicated in um, prior podcast episodes, he had a struggle with pornography. And also his dad had a struggle with pornography, which is why I'm passionate about that. But that is something that none of my girls knew anything about. And as, as we all know that know much about pornography um, or have had struggles with pornography in our families, it is an issue that we keep very quiet, right? We don't want anybody to know about. And out of protection for both my husband and my son, um, that was just something we, the girls just didn't know about. But we were um, starting to roll out this podcast, and the girls knew that I was getting excited, and my husband had brought up that he had listened to our first episode or two, and that he was really excited about the direction we were heading, and my 15-year-old said, I want to listen to your podcast, mom. And I said, well, um, like I totally did the like awkward stutter. Like, uh, I don't really think this like podcast is like for you. I said, you're not really our niche. And she goes, what do you mean? Like, I can't listen to it. And I was like, well, I mean, you can, you know, cause here I'm thinking, you know, I want, I want to do away with the shame. I want to change the conversation. I, I felt like I was being hypocritical if I was protecting my 15 year old from this conversation. And I, um, I told her, I said, you can, I said, there's nothing that we're talking about that's inappropriate or, or not okay for you to listen to. I said, but Maddie, it's a podcast about people who are addicted to pornography. And she immediately was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to listen. And it kind of just stopped there. And I kind of just chuckled and I was like, all right, well, I mean, I said, Maddie, you know, here's the thing. If you ever, decide you want to listen. I said, I think there's going to come a day when your life is going to be affected by pornography in some way. I said, either you will have a problem, you will have an addiction, 
or you will have a spouse who will have an addiction, or you will have a child someday, or someone you love and care about. And I said, and I think, I think what I'm offering, you could benefit from if you ever decide you do want to listen. And she goes, oh, that's okay, mom. I don't, I don't want to listen. I was like, okay. And it kind of just ended there. Um, but then as my 15 year old can do right now, she really likes to, to just kind of get under people's skin. And so she thought she was being really smart. And the next night my husband was there and she goes, so dad, mom says that I can't listen to her podcast because it's not like a topic for me. But she goes, but guess what? She told me that one day it might be a topic for me, that I might actually have a problem or I might know of somebody that has a problem with pornography. And I just said, I looked at her and I was just like, it just came out of left field, you know, as like I right. said, as only teenage daughters can do. And I just looked at her and I said, Maddie, I'm just saying that like you might, like you just don't know. You don't know how it could affect your life. I said, because I know quite a few people, loved ones that are very close to me that have had a problem with pornography. And she's like, like who? Just like, so like, matter of fact. And I was like, well, and she's like, well, I mean, I know Uncle James. That's why you're doing the podcast with him. But like, who else? And it just got quiet because I wasn't going to be the one to say any other person's name. Um, and her dad goes, like me. And it was just like dead silence. And she just looked at him. And then my 11-year-old walked in. And then it really got kind of awkward. And their dad left the room. It was hard for him. We, we had a conversation later. And I said, was that hard for you? And he goes, it was. It was really hard to tell the girls. But he came back out and he said to them, he goes, you guys, he goes, it was something that I struggled with, you know, that I've worked hard to overcome. And, but yeah, I did. I had a problem with pornography. And um, so he, he kind of wasn't part of the conversation anymore, but it led to a really powerful half an hour conversation with my two girls. First of all, about what pornography was, because there was misconceptions there, especially with my 11 year old, about what it actually was. And, um, let me stop you there. You actually asked her, right, to see if she actually knew what pornography was. And right. It came out that she really didn't have any idea. Right. Well, because my 11-year-old said, well, yeah, dad did before you got married. And mm -hmm. I said, well, no, dad had a problem with pornography after we got married. And she, she was like, because oh. in her mind, she was equating like adultery and pornography mm -hmm. as the same thing. Right. She just kind of was like anything to do with sex you don't do before you're married. And then anything like that didn't have to do with mom shouldn't have happened after we were married. Right. So I don't know. I yeah. honestly exactly what but I was like, what do you think pornography is? And she's like, well, I mean, like if you have like sex without being married, you know, to some of you're not married. And I was like, well, that's not, you know, so we actually like define what is pornography and um. I, I mean, I tried to keep it to just the answers of what they wanted to know, and we kind of parted ways. It was late. It was like 1030 at night. Their dad came back out and said, go to bed. It's late. And I could tell that's why it was hard for him. But interestingly, I went into my 11-year-old's bedroom, and this is a very intimate story that I'm sharing about my family, but I think we need to be real 
And she was really upset. She was really, really upset. Like fighting back tears. My 15-year-old took it pretty okay. Like not a big deal. Like, okay, dad had a problem. He's over it. That's okay. But my 11-year-old, I went in and I said, can you tell me why you're, why you're feeling so upset? Like what are some of the thoughts you're having? And she just cried because she just said, I just can't believe dad would do that. And I looked at her and I said, I hope that you're also having the thought that I'm so proud of my dad because look at what an amazing man he is. Look at how he struggled to overcome weakness and that because I know that my dad had a weakness he had to overcome, I know that if I make a mistake, my dad will never stop loving me. He will always be there for me and he'll help me overcome any mistakes I have. And she kind of looked at me and she kind of processed that. And then the thing I need everybody on this to hear if they have a pornography addiction and they're so scared to tell someone they love, she cried. It was hard for her. But guess what? After that, she just loved her dad. And she was fine. Like the next day it was fine. It was okay. And actually over the course of the next couple of days, still it had not come out about their brother. And I thought if they ever do listen to this podcast, they're going to find out. So his P day was just around the corner and you and I had talked and you said, you better talk to him about this and see if he wants to tell his sisters himself, you know, or whatnot. And and so I went into the bedroom on our um, P day call and just said, listen, this is the conversation. This is what went down. I think your sisters are going to put two and two together sooner than, you know, not, um, and just want you to know, and I'm sorry and this and that. And, and my son said, mom, don't apologize. He goes, I want to help other people. He's like, tell the girls and then I'll talk to them about it. And I thought, well, I'm not going to just tell them, but if it comes up again, the way it did with their dad and, um, Some things were being said because now the great thing is now I don't hush my voice. When we're talking about what the topic was of our our podcast or whatever, the girls listen. And I am so glad we're having these conversations that are like getting less and less awkward. Like it's like the conversation in our home isn't awkward anymore. And at one point, my 11-year-old, she says, it's Taylor too, huh, mom? She says, it's my brother too. And I said, yeah, it is. I said, and look how hard he worked to get to a place where he could could be on a mission and be worthy and clean and overcome his weakness. And there were no tears this time. This time it was just total love and acceptance, you know, she because of the other hard part now that she was like, okay, it's okay. And so it just, I don't know, it really taught me, like I would have always protected that because it wasn't mine to tell. It was my husband's and it was my son's, right? And I I think that that was not my place. But now that they know, it is such a great place. It's a space of like open conversation that doesn't have to be like we're tiptoeing around these issues with our girls. So how about you? Have you, I mean, your kids aren't quite as old as my kids are. Yeah, so I I think just to touch on that, like I think that's with anything the more you talk about it, the easier that conversation gets, no matter how awkward that conversation was the first time or in the beginning or the first couple of times, it's always going to get easier. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, especially for someone that is personally struggling with it, it is difficult if somebody were like a spouse, for instance, that you had confided in something that they were to share it with somebody, it would hurt a little bit. But even in that scenario, it would open up the door for you. And I remember when I started my recovery, one of the decisions that I made that I think was one of the best decisions I could have made was that I was no longer going to hide it. And the reason that pornography is so addicting and powerful and it um, can control your life is because it's such a secret, right? There's, it's always behind closed doors. And so you can control it for a certain period until it is no longer controllable basically. And, but what, what I decided is that I was no longer going to make it a secret. Right. And it wasn't just like, I'm, I'm going to tell my wife or my kids. It was, I'm going to tell everybody because I don't care. Right. Because now I, I say that, but obviously I cared to a certain degree, but what I did find out very quickly is, opportunities arose very quickly that I had that put my decision to the test basically like because it's one thing to tell yourself in your mind yeah I'm ready to tell people and then when somebody it comes up and you have the opportunity to tell it's it's another thing right it's a little bit harder to actually um, tell but again once once you've had that conversation a couple times it becomes easier and easier and for me I like to tell everybody. And I, and I find it really interesting and I'll get back to um, my family specifically, but I find it super interesting that, that your 15 year old daughter like knew that I had a problem with it. Right. Like it was already out in the open. And again, that was because I had been in my recovery for quite some time and been pretty public about it. Right. It w- there was no secrets about it, but she was okay with it. And I wonder, I don't know if you've had a conversation why she was okay with it with me maybe a little bit less on a personal level but i also think maybe it's because she had known for a period of time already versus it being that new information that she got about her dad that night that mm-hmm. she already had knew for for quite some time yeah. um, but as far as, as far as my family so um my kids are a little bit younger my oldest is 11 year old daughter and then i have nine year old son and a six year old son. And, um, but so they don't really understand, but they definitely know, right. So they know the terms and they know what I do, but it doesn't, I don't know that it clicks except for that. It's, it's an open conversation. And so, um, for instance, I, I went to the church's addiction recovery program for, for a long time until COVID kind of, um, screwed that up. And I, and I was like, consistent every Sunday night I would go and it became something that I really enjoyed doing but my daughter for the longest for years asked where I went every time and I never went away from it I always told her what I and again I don't think she realized what that really meant but she knew that that's where I was and she knew that it was available to be told to anybody else I never um, discouraged her from telling her friends or anybody it was always just completely open um and I, I do think I have found, and it's interesting that we're having this conversation about your little bit older children versus my a little bit younger children, that we've talked to them about um, sex and that kind of stuff in very, very, a lot of detail for their age, right? And mm-hmm. what we found is that 
it's not awkward at all. It is in our minds, but to them, and, and a lot of times I'll ask them the next week, you know, any questions about sex? And they're like, what's sex? Like they, they, like it's not even on their mind, but because it's no longer an awkward conversation because it's like pretty commonplace. Right. right. And so I've even to the point we have weekly, um, our 10 minute talks, we call them on Sunday evening with me and each of our kids. And it, and there's questions every time, like, have you seen somebody naked? Have you uh, been touched in your private parts? Have you touched somebody else in their private parts? And these kind of questions that they know are coming that are not awkward to them because they started so young. Yeah. Because um, I'm very open about it. But I understand that it's not easy to become open. But if you'll make the commitment to be more open about it, I can promise you, you may get a little bit of judgment from people, but it'll change things for you for the better the more open you are about a pornography addiction. You know, so I, I'll jut in here. I We were not really open with our kids about sexual things when they were young, like you and your wife have been, you and Katie have been. And, um, and as I talked in depth with my son right before he left on his mission, that is actually an area that he feels like we could have done better, right? And we don't know, right? And we're all learning and growing as parents. But I think you're right. I think there's value in making it not awkward or something that taboo or whatever, so that they don't feel like they have to go somewhere else for to um, appease their curiosity, right? Because it's like so open. You know, my son, my son's comment, and we talked about this before we got on the podcast. His comment was that he feels like because it is still taboo and it is still like kind of a hush hush conversation that it, it tends to almost build more curiosity, you know, and you know, you talk about how your kids don't really understand, you know, five-year-olds don't understand what cigarettes are. Right. Not really, but we start them in the dare program so young that they, they kind of know that this is something they want to avoid and they kind of understand it and it's not awkward. And so I think there is definitely much to be said for having those conversations and and doing that age appropriate education in in a way that like yeah they the kids are like yeah this is just it's just part of life right and you know there's so much good that technology offers that I don't personally believe in the just ban everything I think you just have to show them how to seek the good and how to turn away from the bad you know so that starting at a really young age kind of really shapes yeah. that so well, and when when you're talking about um, sexual nature, there's curiosity is going to come whether they find it on a device that or they are just in the bathroom. I mean, right? That like right. we all have our bodies, and as we're growing up, we're going to start wondering what the parts of the bodies do and why they feel differently and that kind of stuff. And so, and I feel like that children are going to have a harder time opening up about that stuff if they've never heard whether it's positive or negative, right? Never heard their parents speaking about it in right. a public forum, right? So if they've never heard them have that conversation, but they're curious about something, it's likely that they're not going to bring it up to those parents. It's yeah. more the likely other... they would bring it up to a friend that had had a group crude joke or something like that, right? Than they are to their parents. And I'm hoping that with mine, although they don't really understand at this point, I'm hoping that the conversation has come up enough that if that curiosity comes, um, 
you know, will they ask me? And I have experienced that with my nine-year-old son at this point. He started to ask me a couple questions about his body, which I'm super excited that he is comfortable enough to talk about that. And I'm hoping right. it's because, you know, I've been a little bit more open, but yeah. The other side of that is just, you know, communication. Because if, if there's a good open communication, then when there comes to the point where there is a problem, they're more likely to be honest about it. One thing that we were very fortunate is our son wanted to tell us, was willing right. to seek help and, and communicate and be open with us about it. Um, so we weren't great about the sexual conversation, but we were good at just having lots of conversations with our kids. So the one other thing I know we're getting kind of long on this, but I, I also wanted to really point out... Um, in comparison to my 11-year-old's reaction, when my husband told me of his pornography addiction, which is a story for another day, mm. but it was a very similar reaction that that my so sad, but I take me by the hand and say, listen, look at it where, hey, um, but you know, even over it, I knew how much I loved him. I dug in, I was there by his side. I mean, a lot of years of hard and a lot of years of hurt, but it, and you're not ready to tell your loved ones, your spouse, was in your life, I just, I just, the initial reaction might be, but after that will be the love that they had yeah. in that hard conversation. You're, you're most, cutting out, you're cutting most out. Most of the time okay. they'll get over that initial. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Right. That's okay. Um, let me, let me interject a little bit while your connection gets a little bit better. I think, I think if I could piggyback on what I think that you're talking about is that converse, the first conversation is going to be hard one way or the other, a lot of times, right. For either party. Right. Um, it's really hard for a spouse to hear it for the first time. It's really hard for the addict to say it the first time. Right. Because you've lived in secrecy for years. In my case, it was 20, 20 years. Right. And so you get really good at lying about stuff or like internally keeping everything in. So to be able to share that on any level is difficult and to hear it on any level is really difficult as well. But I would just say from my experience and from what I've seen with other people um, coming out of um, the shadows and stop being secret and being open about it has always benefited the people for me or for anybody else that I've ever talked to you about it is even if the first experience or even if the first hundred experiences of talking about it were difficult in the long run, it has always benefited them to have the conversation versus stay in the secrecy that they've been in usually for quite some time. Yes. And that's the point I wanted to make. Absolutely. So I think we'll end on that. I think that's a good spot to end. Appreciate you sharing that story about your kids. We understand that it's um, super sensitive to or um, vulnerable to um, talk about your family in that way. But I think it's important for other people to hear and to hear our experiences and where we have 
um, struggled or benefited from the conversations to be had. And we hope that those of you listening are willing to have more of the conversations that need to be had and are willing to open up. And I think Amy and I can both attest to the fact that if you're willing to do that, um, things will improve just for the sake of opening up. And not that it'll be perfect, not that you'll stop looking at pornography the day that you start opening up, but I will say it is a piece of the puzzle, and it has been for me and for many others, that if you will open up and be willing to open up to all parties about your weaknesses, um, it gives you a certain power that you never had when it was, um, was in the dark. So I'll leave it at that. Any other final thoughts, Amy? No, I think that summed it up very well. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys and gals joining us today. Hope uh, you enjoyed what you heard. And if, if you did, we'd love for you to share it with people that you might know that um, has uh, pornography or any other type of addiction that maybe help will come from this listening to this podcast. And uh, hopefully we can get the word out to more people and improve more people's lives. So until next time, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us on the Addiction Reset Podcast. We are on a mission to change the conversation surrounding pornography. Our reset method will help those looking to overcome their addiction and transform their life. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at our website, theaddictionreset.com. Also, if you are interested in one-on-one coaching, email us at james at theaddictionreset.com or look for the coaching tab on our website. If you like what you heard today, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Leave us a five-star rating and let us know what you thought in the reviews. This will help our podcast reach more people. Remember, with the Reset Method, recovery is in your future.